there's nothing wrong in and of themselves when it comes to structures. I think when the structures themselves start to kind of pr prohibit the life of God from taking place in within that structure, then the structure's got to go. And we see that so much in our tradition that it gives me hope that like, sure, let's build the thing, but let's also be willing to, you know, tear it down if we need to. Welcome to all God's children. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go and talk about that taboo trinity, race, religion, and politics. Thank you for joining the Raceless Gospel Podcast, where we gather this season for some bodybuilding and to discuss whether the church is a body or a building. I am your host and podcast pastor, Starlet Thomas. On today's podcast, I am joined by Tamise Spencer-Helms, who is the founder of Subculture Incorporated. In this episode, we'll talk about what it takes for the church to come together. But first, won't you pray for us and with me? Hallowed God, who is humbler than we, who did not come to us with puffed up chest, but with the young lungs of a baby, who came in the weakest and most dependent of forms, a body, whose parents couldn't find a building in which he could be born, who cried out for help as he cried out for their undivided attention. Now his body fights over buildings and trades the word made flesh for Sunday morning pick-me-ups with a familiar mixture of cultural tradition and motivational speech. Come quickly, Lord, and say something fast because our faith won't last so long as it is kept inside of a building. Roll the stones away because we desire to experience the holy hush of your spirit passing through, which is not to be confused with flashing stage lights or the soft ones that set the mood. We desire a deeply spiritual, otherworldly, mystical, and magical connection to you, so we are sending up our timbers for this kingdom building, and we decrease so that you have more than elbow room to work. Clay to potter, parent to child, Touch us until you have our undivided attention. Amen. First, giving honor to God, who is the head of my life, to the pastor, visitors, saints, friends, and especially to those who aim to build up Christ's body. I feel like offering a litany. When the world is split on differences of opinion, we confess that we are not split down the middle, but are all on the Lord's side. We stand arm in arm, leading the charge for unity, chanting, we are undivided. Because we have hatreds we love and people we love to hate, we ask for the vision of Peter, who said to the leaders in Jerusalem, the spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. Right from the beginning, we are undivided. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but set our sights on the words of Paul, who said to the church at Galatia, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. No categories or false binaries. Yes, we are undivided. 
because Christ's body cannot be separated, for in the one spirit we were baptized all into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink the one spirit, all baptized believers. We are undivided because Jesus prayed that we may all be one. Give us the courage to answer his prayer because his blood is thicker than water. Let our differences become water under the bridge and let us hold tight to each other, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, because his body wasn't meant to be divided. Our scripture reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4 and verse 25 which reads this way in the New Revised Standard Version. So then, putting away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members of one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is Reverend Starlet Thomas, your podcast pastor, and we'll be right back. Baptist Women in Ministry is celebrating its 40th anniversary in 2023. Baptist Women in Ministry, BWIM, will gather in Louisville, Kentucky, October 2nd through the 4th to celebrate. Louisville, it's where BWIM's founding mothers met 40 years ago to begin the movement. The celebration will include the premiere of a documentary about BWIM's founding, plenary sessions, times of worship, connection and self-care, and a banquet to honor BWIM's four mothers. Join Baptist Women in Ministry this October in Louisville. Learn more and register at bwim.info. This is Reverend Starlet Thomas welcoming you back to this episode of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. I want to introduce to some and present again to others, Tamise Spencer-Helms, who is also the author of Faith Unleavened, The Wilderness Between Trayvon Martin and George Floyd. For today's sermon, we will engage in the tradition of call and response, a sacred back and forth. Feel free to join in as an official member of the Amen Corner and chime in as we do some bodybuilding. Season four of the Raceless Gospel podcast is bodybuilding. And so the first question is this, a card carrying member of a church and or cross bearer in the world, how do you view the body of Christ? Wow, that is a great question. I'm learning more and more that the body of Christ, I'm thinking about it mostly around the concept of communion and this idea that the people of God are this mixed multitude that come out of bondage in some way, shape or form that break common bread around the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the work of God in the world. So to me, I think when I think about church, that's kind of what I think. I think about this, this global table of people who are in awe of the same things, um, who worship the same God. Um, but it's a mixed multitude, which means that we do that in different ways, which makes it a lot more of a mosaic, which I think is a lot more beautiful. 
so that's what I think of when I think of church. Feed me till I want no more. Come on, global table. You know we're a mixed bag anyway. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant response. The follow-up is this. Yes, How has the socio-political construct of race, and specifically, namely, white supremacy, shaped or malformed the North American church as a body and a building? Mm. Won't you speak on that for us? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, simple question. You know, it's real no, easy Just something question. off the top, but not really. <laughs> just, you know, just off the top of my head. How has that affected the way that we've done church? Um, I think that because of the way that whiteness functions in society, the way that we see it function in the church is in the setting up of hierarchy and binary in a way that is unhealthy. And so it creates a system in which you are either here or there, us or them, in or out, saved or not. There are so many ways that um, whiteness and its pervasiveness in the church has made it so that people have no nuance. They don't have much to work with. And so when you create such rigid binaries, it creates problems for people who have questions or who are wrestling with certain things because you, you're afraid to kind of step over this line mm. that this binary has created. Mm. So that I think to me, that's actually the major way that I see whiteness functioning in the church and it's obviously there's anti-blackness and those types of things which are a little bit harder to uncover but when i recognize the fact that whiteness is a categorizing technology it's a technology that we use to place or that was used to place people in categories you can see that very clearly when you look at evangelicalism especially in the states um and i think that's the, probably the most salient way that whiteness shows up um in the white church right now actually um, but there's hope, right? <laughs> there's hope for a raceless gospel, right? <laughs> and let the church say amen and amen again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. Because so, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. We have to have those community yes. builders, those uh, visionaries, those uh, yeah. dreamers who see beyond all this foolishness, this flesh fighting mm. and literal backbiting. Mm. Uh, so has the building. Has the building, mm -hmm. these these sticks and stones hurt the body of Christ? And if so, how? Now, don't be afraid to talk about the folks who get, you know, all caught up in the color of the carpet yes, and the color right. of the curtains. Has it yeah. hurt the body at all? I think it always has potential to hurt the body. I think any structure always has a potential to hurt the body. So it's kind of, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that Jesus said that, um, Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And something about that, I've been really wrestling with that because I think what he's getting at is a loyalty to the kingdom bef before we're loyal to anything else. And in that context, he's dealing with a group of people who have really put an overemphasis on this temple system, but not on actually what the temple is meant to represent, which is, you know, love for neighbor, <laughs> justice works, right? And so I think, there's nothing wrong in and of themselves when it comes to structures. I think when the structures themselves start to kind of pro prohibit the life of God yes. from taking place in within that structure, then the structure's got to go. And we see that so much in our tradition that it gives me hope that like, sure, let's build the thing, but let's also be willing to, you know, tear it down if we need to, oh. you know? Um, so I don't necessarily think that structures... I think they're amoral. I think it just depends on kind of how much we're willing to um, part with a structure 
um, mm-hmm. when God calls us to. And I think at that point, that's when we have to ask the questions about what are we really clinging to? Um, what are we really valuing? Mm-hmm. So I do, I, I mean, I've been in white churches and black churches okay. and there are similar kinds of um, uh, interesting types of loyalties, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to these buildings and uh, when it comes to even denominational things um, that I think can be a hindrance if we're not careful. So should I continue giving to the building fund or not? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> Instead, you can answer in what ways, they gonna catch me outside in the parking lot after this podcast. Yeah, I already I know, so. and I know, I I know so. my place. Saying it. Come on, you Deacon. I got a Deacon now. for backup though. They gonna walk me out after this particular <laughs> service. I'll have one on my right hand and my left. Because uh, we're going to talk about this building fund and no new doorknobs and we ain't burnt the mortgage yet. But I digress. Uh, that part. But I digress. In what ways <laughs> can the church do justice to Jesus's body? Ooh. Mm. Okay, so here's what I think. And, and I've been a fan of... Uh, precedent and letting things breathe. And I think Mm -hmm. that justice work is about loving what Jesus loves and hating what Jesus hates. And when you do it that way, what it does is it, it keeps the um, particulars from creating dissonance and creating vitriol, right? Because some people care about this justice issue and they'll preach about it from the platform and other people care about this justice issue and they'll preach about it from the platform. And I remember growing up in white evangelicalism and feeling so pulled, like, should I care about the poor? Should I care about abortion? Should I care about, like there were all of these issues that felt like they were the most important issues because to the people that were sharing about them, they were, these were things they were probably called to or that they had a unique gifting to kind of deal with and advocate for. But now the way I think about the ways that justice and kingdom works is basically what does Jesus love and what does Jesus hate? Hmm. And I get that information by watching his interactions in the gospels. And so that's where I go. I don't go first to like my pastor telling me what Jesus loves and hates because oh, my no? Pastor has- oh, no. they're going to catch you outside, ma'am. Yes. We'll be going out out arm and arm. Going out together, arm and arm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think if we if we frame it that way, then it's really clear, and it's not personal. When you read the Gospels, you can really clearly see what Jesus loves and what Jesus hates, and no one has to take it personally because it's a context that we're a little bit removed from. But you can catch those themes, and I think for me, that's now what frames the ways that I think about justice. and that's different. That's a different way of thinking about it. It's beautifully said. Beautifully you, said. My gosh. I had to mute myself because I was hollering in the background. Then I started clapping. I was like, but you do what you will. While you're listening to the podcast, do what you must. If you feel like clapping, if you feel like moving your feet from side to side, do that. Let the, let the Lord use you. Let the Spirit use you today. And if you should get into trouble, just blame us. Tell, you know, say it was Pastor Tamise that said it. You know, don't put my name in it because she was doing most of the talking and I was just asking questions, you know. I'm inquisitive by nature. And and this is about faith seeking understanding. That's all we're doing here. The last question is, members of one another, we are head, shoulders, knees, and toes. What can Christians build to bring this body together? Ooh. 
I mean, again, like that's that passage that says, you know, you're, you're being, you are living stones that are being fit together into the house of God, living stones, meaning malleable, right. And that shifting and moving and crunching, and, you know, we are living stones being built up into the house of God. That's really exciting. It's also can be kind of frustrating because things shift and move people you thought were like in this spot might move over to this spot, but we have to think of ourselves in terms of like, Hey, like we're being built together. And so there's clanking that takes place and chiseling and moving. And if we can make space for that, I think, and one another in those processes, uh, I think for me, the main thing that I've learned is that even where I am now and the ways that I think about my faith and the way that I live that out, that is not separate from my discipleship. That's a part of my discipleship. And I think if we can make space for the fact that most of the time, like, you know, there's a lot of language that goes into the, you know, we, as we talk about the body, a lot of language that goes into some conversations as people begin to change how they thought or like, hmm, I don't actually see it like that anymore. And I even have scriptural precedents for changing my mind about this. I think if we can go, okay, this is part of our tradition. We are living stones. It really can kind of help us frame that people are not jumping ship. Okay. Like, because there's, God is not a ship the ships are the best. God is the ocean, right? So the ship is the vessel that we create to navigate the ocean. So our theologies, our stances, even um, our, even our doctrinal things that we um, hold to just being open that we're living stones. And so that might mean some changes, but that doesn't mean as a lack of discipleship. Um, and I think if we can frame it that way and know that this is a, an organic living organism, the body of Christ, we have a lot more grace for one another. <laughs> and I think that would be helpful. So I think I think we, you know, the scripture gives us the living stones and it gives us, you know, we're being, we're growing up into the head that is Christ. So again, there is this, there is this embedded, um, there's sort of this embedded idea of progressive, of growth, of change, of shifting. And I think that like, if we think about it that way, we're all doing okay. And hopefully, hopefully you're not thinking the same way you were thinking 10 years ago, because 10 years is a long time and lots of things change. And um, so hopefully, I mean, that's, that's again, how I, I've kind of tried to, as I mentioned the binary, what I've tried to do is become a little bit more nuanced and let stuff stretch a little bit more to make space, <laughs> right? Um, to make space for the fact that I inherent, I'm a part of a faith that is inherently progressive oh. um, and that's okay. And it should be that way, you know? Don't preach and then pause like, and, and that was all I had to say. Come on. What a word. What a word. Didn't our hearts burn when we listened to Dr. Timmy? Ooh, I love that passage. Preach to us oh today, my, my Lord. Brilliant. Mm, I love Luke 24. Ooh. That's like my favorite chapter in all of scripture. Listen here. Love it. Thank you so much for your yeah. time and for bodybuilding yes. with me today. Yes. Thank you. That was good. Quick and glorious. <laughs> I want to thank our guest, Tamise Spencer-Helms, and extend to you, our listeners, an opportunity to know this Jesus, who embodies a faith built on relationships that you bring your whole self to, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. This concludes this season of the podcast, but not the conversation. We must keep up the work of bodybuilding. 
Head over to our Fellowship Hour at Raceless Gospel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Raceless Gospel Pod on Twitter. Absent in the body, but present in the Wi-Fi spirit. I'll see you there. <laughs>